0: When I was in seminary and taking a a preaching class, um, I remember that one of the things that was encouraged was to try to to help the message of the sermon or or the way the sermon was delivered to match whatever the the theme or the content was. So if it was a sermon about prayer, spend some time in the sermon doing some different ways of prayer perhaps. So of course, um, as Teresa has already reminded us today, is about the boring. So, um, unfortunately, you know, you, uh, you can maybe be uh, listening to a boring sermon for the next few minutes. We'll, we'll see how that turns out. No, that's, that's um, my attempt is to start in, in this idea of hope in the unexciting. As, as we talked about last Sunday with the ben, beginning of Advent, uh, this season of anticipation and waiting and yearning, and the reality is, sometimes waiting is uneventful, unexciting, boring. But I hope that but by the time we leave today, even, even if I just sit down, there's been so many ways we've already worshiped and connected with God today, that, that um, I'm hope I hope the next few minutes isn't anticlimactic, because um, you know, the, the truth and the reality, what I hope we leave here with, is that we have hope as we wait because we know that God is faithful, God is with us. And even if that waiting is unexciting. Um, Teresa talked a little bit about driving today and, and this isn't the perfect illustration by any means, but, but I, I thought about uh, my, my week the, the last couple of days. Um, for work, I had to take a, a three-day work trip and it, it evolved more driving than I normally used to Um, Which was okay. I don't mind being alone in a car very often. Um, But on Thursday evening, I had to make my way from Cape Girardeau, Missouri and kind of southeast Missouri to Rolla. And there's no real direct, easy, smooth way to get there. So I, I, I typed it in my address I wanted to get to in my, into my phone and, and looked at the different options. You know, I could snake through this three and a half hour drive and see how many deer I could hit along the way, perhaps, or I could head up towards St. Louis and, and have it easier, but but maybe more miles. And and it, just the bottom line was it was it was boring. I wasn't looking forward to it, but. Yet I knew what was to come. I knew if I did what I was supposed to do and followed along, I would get to my destination. Um, it was worth it to stick with it. So even though as I, I sat there and, and kind of, um, I would say if anybody were listening to me, Teresa, I would to look at them and say, this is boring. Are we there yet? Um, but, but I made it. And, and I had hope and contentment in that because I knew what was to come. I knew the destination was just was, was going to arrive at some point. And that, that kind of set things up for what we're going to talk about today as we look at John excuse me, James chapter five together. Um, this is a short passage of scripture, uh, but it but it's all about kind of the uneventful pieces of life and about looking forward to what is to come. So I invite you to follow along with me in James chapter five, starting in verse seven. Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Beloved, do not grumble against one another, so that you may not be judged. See, the judge is standing at the doors. As an example of suffering and patience, beloved, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. In this passage, we're going to unpack a little bit that those first two words that James wrote, be patient. And then we're going to talk about one thing he directs us not to do. And then one thing he directs us to do. But being patient... Um, a gentleman named Will Williman calls patience a, quote, profoundly Christian counter-cultural virtue. The uh, Bible talks often about patience. In church, we talk about patience and we're required, we're forced sometimes to be patient. But outside of that, in, in our world, patience is not something... Um, we practice. It's not something we encourage. It's not something that, that just happens naturally by any means. Um, and I, I think especially in, in our spiritual lives, for those of us that are, have committed ourselves to following Jesus and, and living our lives for God, there's within us this, this, this thing that God has built within us that that it is hard to be patient because we yearn for what is to come. We yearn for God to set things straight. We yearn for peace. We yearn for justice. We we yearn for in our own lives or the lives of others for sin to be taken away. And yet it persists. We're not there yet. And we're required to be patient. Um and just this example that James uses of the, of the patient farmer looking to, to heaven for the rains. Um, in our modern age, that, that illustration, that example is, is really kind of outdated. Um, every time my family and I drive to Jeff City from Ashland where we live, we cross the huge sod farm just across the river. You notice the huge irrigation systems that they have. They don't, they don't have to wait for the rain so many farmers nowadays with technology have irrigation systems if, if it gets a little bit dry flip a switch here comes the rain we can we can take care of it ourselves um, and i thought about it on and on and on i won't bore you with my examples of, of microwaves and instapots and downloading music or we used to have to go to the record store and wait for a record album to come out those kind of things but patience is not something that comes naturally or that we're encouraged to do but, but as James wrote this, the heart of what his, his message is for us in these few verses um, is in verse 8, where it talks about strengthen your hearts, or other versions of the Bible talk about stand firm. The, the underlying Greek there is, is about um, really focusing on, on our heart and our mind, uh, or the seat or the center of, of our thoughts and emotions. And this idea to stand firm, for our hearts to be strengthened, for our commitment, our, desi- our, our willingness to, to be patient, to remain faithful, to be steadfast in that. Um, and that only comes as we continue to look to God and turn to God as we wait. As we yearn for what's to come, but as we wait in the meantime, even if it is uneventful. So James lays out the, the simple directive to be patient, and then he talks about something not to do. He's writing to, to Christians, he's writing to a church just like us, and he says, do not grumble against one another. Um, we know that that comes really easy. Uh, if you are in a work situation or school with a teacher that you might not like or anything at all, it is so easy to grumble especially when you have to wait for something that you don't want to wait for and that as a church we're of course not immune to grumbling complaining getting frustrated i want to take just a minute to to talk about the pastor search process related to this Um, i'll be the first to admit and and wish that this process wasn't as taking as long as it is but that's how it is that's that's our reality None of us can go back and, and change or hit the fast-forward button or, or rush things from where they are. Um, and I understand there's been grumbling about that. But I really want us to think about what's to come. Um, of course, I can't share much of you uh, due to confidentiality reasons, but, but I will say that the search committee, those of us that are a part of that process, have been so encouraged by what God is doing Um, is one just little snippet of it you know the the committee is is composed of nine people who are very diverse in what we bring to that committee our perspectives our preferences the way we look at things and and god has brought a unity to this group of nine people and has, has led us to a point where we have some incredible hope that we didn't have when we started and I share that with you, not, not able to say more than that, but, but I hope that that hope filters down to you. And as we look forward, hopefully not too much longer, when, when you'll be hearing from us, and we have an opportunity to see who God has in store to lead us and shepherd us in the future, that as easy as it will be, um, there is no perfect candidate out there. There will always be someone that we can nitpick about, or complain about or whatever it might be that we remember these words from James do not grumble Um, I came across a quote from a, a man named Dirk Lang and he said the hope that is proposed is a hope that is grounded in the Lord and on what the Lord desires it's about God and what God desires the focus of this hope is not ourselves but the Lord and how the Lord wants us to live in this life. And that reminds me in the pastor search process and and in our faith in general, again, it is not about what Todd Pridemore desires. It's not about my preferences or what I think's best, but it's about looking to God and trusting God, that God is at work, that God is orchestrating things, putting things together, leading us as we humbly follow, and trusting that God provides for us like God always does for us in our individual lives and for us as a congregation year after year generation after generation God is faithful and God has been there for us and that leads to the the third thing that I want to point out from this passage from James Um, as he talked about one thing not to do don't grumble he says here's something you can do look back to those Old Testament prophets. Whenever you get discouraged, whenever you want to grumble, whenever you lose patience, look back to those Old Testament prophets and how they lived out their faith. Um, If if I were writing this as as James wrote it, I would say, if you think you have it bad or if you think it's tough where you're at right now, look back to those men and women of God in Old Testament times who constantly had to, to stand up in the face of evil who had to stand up in the midst of persecution, who had to run for their lives, literally. And think about how they lived out their faith, how they were faithful, and find encouragement in that, that you can do the same, that you can live out your faith. So the next time you may be thinking that, wow, I I can't live out my faith as a Christian here in America because Christians are being persecuted. I can't say Merry Christmas to somebody without feeling like I'm being judged. Any of that crosses your mind, I encourage you to go back and and read about Jeremiah or Daniel or Elijah or Elisha and see what they lived their faith through. And if they could do that, we can live our faith out in this country that gives us incredible freedoms compared to, to our brothers and sisters around the world so don't grumble look to those who lived out their faith before us and as we do that we can be patient we can remember that our hope is in God and not of ourselves and we can find hope in the season even if it is boring even if it is uneventful and to close the message today I'm going to um we're going to look at a passage from Psalm 146 and I I hope that these words of, of encouragement speak to all of us today I invite you to follow along with me. Psalm 146, starting in verse 5. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food for the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Let's pray together. God, we're so thankful that you are faithful to us even when life is unexciting and uneventful and boring. Thank you that we can look to you instead of ourselves. Thank you that you are with us no matter what. And during the season of Advent, the season of waiting and yearning for what is to come, we thank you for your promises that you are with us, that you are providing for us. Lord, in this moment, thank you for meeting us here. Help us to live for you and and follow you as you lead us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we prepare for this time of response, uh, I'm going to invite you to remain seated today and you may just want to reflect quietly where you are as we have a closing song together. But if you would like to talk with myself or another minister or pray or, or just engage with us in some way, I invite you to join me outside the doors to my right. But let us respond to God as God has spoken to us today.